Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, go, Saturday, so way to get on top of things, us. Look at us. Wow. Usually Sunday. I bet we finished this on Sunday, if I had to guess. I mean, you never know. I do. Very tired. We're all tired here at the Myra Shafrira Shafrir house. Yeah. Um. What's new? Well, you went back to work. I did, everyone. I went back to work. On a soundstage in California with many other people who are all back wearing masks, socially distancing. Uh, I mean, it's weird. It's weird. And also it's doesn't feel as weird as I thought it would. Does that make any sense to anybody out there? Well, I think you just didn't know what you were walking into. So, of course, the anticipation of it was going to be... Really intense. Yeah. I mean, it is very, the uh, I will say the most, uh, the thing that's the hardest to adjust to is the, not wearing the masks, but also, but like not being able to see half of people's faces. Right. <laughs> because well, you can't like read people's expressions. Yes. And you don't know if someone's upset or if something's not funny or if they're not enjoying themselves. Not that you need to enjoy yourself at work, but hopefully you do. Um, yeah, it's very that that's the weirdest part. Officially. Says Matt. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, it's really a. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's interesting the way it works. There's like 30 people who are allowed on the stage at all times. And then 
there's another group of people that are allowed on when the actors have left. So that'll be like rigging and, and, and electric and people that, you know, we're setting up for the next shot after we rehearse it, clear the actors out, bring those people in. Uh, and then, you know, it's various levels of, uh, of, of layers rather of, of crew. Um, we all try to keep separate. Hard to explain. Mm. But, you know, we did, uh, we shot an episode, uh, shot 802, we'll shoot 801 on Monday, um, and the turnaround, I don't even, I don't even know what our air date is right now, but I know it's not a huge post turnaround. I thought you had said October. I thought I had too. I don't remember anymore. Mm. It's a lot of numbers and dates and such in my head. The hardest thing is the 6 a.m. COVID tests. Yeah. So I got to leave the house. Uh, three days a week, I, um, you know, the group the, the, the group that's on stage that is allowed on stage at all times, we have to take three, three tests a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, you know, you could stagger a lot of people, but like me and the director and the, uh, the AD... Prop master, DP, have to do it before shooting. Mm. So we go at six o'clock in the morning. Camera Yitch. department, it's camera department as well. Um, when do the actors go? The actors, you know, because they're not in every day. Oh, because, you know, that's right. Not yes. how acting works. Right. <laughs> they get tested uh, three times a week as well, but they uh, often uh, will have a a technician lab tech go to them for the test. Right, that makes sense. Rather than making them come onto the lot and chance another, you know, being around more people. Right. Um, So it's, yeah, but that's that's the hard thing. This week on Wednesday, I ordered Starbucks and on the app, and I drove to get it. And when I got there, that Starbucks did not open until 6 a.m., but it accepted my order. That's so rude. And I was just so sad. That's really sad. Because I left a hair earlier to get coffee. Right. But look, I'm, I, I honestly, I'm just happy to be on a schedule again. Yeah, happy to be uh, working daily, um, and I managed to get home for bedtime four of the five nights. Yeah, so that was great. And then even the fifth night, it's not like you were home that late. You were home at like seven thirty. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting how it's shaking out, shall we say? Um. Yeah, that's what's going on in Matt Town. All right. If you want more information about what's going on in Matt Town, head over to the Patreon. We we talked a lot about Matt Town. Yes, everybody. <laughs> Turns out, I mean, let me just see if I can cliff note it. Uh, I was very depressed over the quarantine. It got progressively more depressed as it went on. And uh, it's very easily illustrated by my uh, health app on my phone as you watch my steps <laughs> decline <laughs> throughout, like, literally almost a perfect down slope. Um, and, you know, it was, it's been tough, and, and going back to work was sort of the kick of the pants I needed. Because I just was like, I, did, I, I before Monday, I was just like, I don't know that I have it in me anymore to wake up that early, period. Yeah. I just hadn't. And I, you know, I was going to bed at odd hours. and uh, So I downloaded a weight loss app called Noom. I explained more about it. This is not an ad or anything. Don't worry. Uh, on Friday, well, we're advertising on baseball games constantly. So you got me, Noom. Uh, and then, uh, downloaded the app, read a bunch of the stuff on the app and yeah, you go through it, but you have to weigh yourself every day and I hadn't stepped on a scale in forever. 
So I stepped on a scale and I was like, I maybe put on like 25 pounds. And then I stepped on the scale and it was like, no, bud, you put on like 50. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> uh, that was Saturday and you know, I've been on the app logging all the meals and it's the amount of walking I do at work. I'm, you know, I usually hit at least 10,000 steps just working. So that part was very funny to see on the app, on the health app, to watch those steps just like. Yeah. And also, it like took like three days, eh, maybe it took two days for my legs to get used to it. Right. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is fine. Um, so that's the cliff note on that. Other cliff notes for everybody. Because obviously, I, you know, I said I was depressed and blah, blah, blah. I just happened to have a appointment I scheduled a long time, six weeks ago, with my psychiatrist. And we had a long uh, appointment talk while I was standing on set. <laughs> <laughs> I walked away while uh, we were shooting some bumper cars <laughs> uh, and had a, had a conversation. And uh, she said, hey, look, you know, sounds like you're depressed. And uh, we can try something for it. Also sounds like your ADHD stuff. It sounds like that's still working for that. But, you know, we can try to address this uh, depression. And uh, we'll do a follow-up in like three weeks. And so she put me on Wellbutrin. And then Dory picked that up. And then I've been on that since Wednesday. And here I am four days in. Point is... Should have talked to them much earlier. And uh, I encourage anybody out there who's feeling like I was feeling to talk to them. I tried to get you to talk to your therapist. I know. And what did I feel? I felt like he's probably really busy right now with the quarantine thing. And I was like, I don't want to bother him. (laughs) That's that's so, you know, it's a... Well, I'm really glad you had had you had made that appointment. I'm outwardly motivated, you know. <laughs> You're an obliger. I, mean, I love obliging <laughs> people. Uh, so that, yeah, I mean, look, not a lot has happened this week, I guess, on my end. Dory, how's your end? What are you talking about? You've had, I like, know a lot of stuff happened. If you want to hear lengthy discussion about that, we talked about it on the Patreon. Yeah, we did. Um, I just don't want to bore those people. yeah no I, I get it and um, also but i do want to clue in everybody who's right, listening totally so there you go well it's been it's our like i i already see a difference in in you mm-hmm. in your mood and you're much nicer to be around isn't that something yep well i think also part of it is like i don't you know i get so depressed about my weight all the time (coughs) and you know i can't not get depressed about it unless i feel like i'm doing something about it right so inherently just by trying to do something about it uh and being accountable just to a even an app on the phone uh if it doesn't feel hopeless whereas always before it just felt hopeless yeah so I, i was in a hopeless spiral yeah what else is new well also before we get to dory's uh, big announcement california decided in the middle of the night (laughs) to ban the sale of flavored tobacco which uh anyone listening to the podcast or even nerdist days would know that i weirdly like a sullen 17 year old enjoyed cloves and those fall under the guidelines uh, of the law. And as such, I bought out the supply from one store, the end. And after that, there's no more. Unless I drive to Nevada, which there's also a pandemic. So I figured I would just tackle depression, smoking, <laughs> weight, um, and go back to work <laughs> this week. Uh, now, Dory, you have been up to stuff also. I have. So we 
revealed the cover of my forthcoming book. Let me tell you, so busy at work, I get home. And she's like, I tweeted the cover yesterday. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) I didn't even know, guys. Yeah. That's on me. We had a lot going on this week. Um, but I, I it, wasn't mad about it's it. It's exciting. The cover is uh, really just the pattern of a pair of pants Dory has. <laughs> um, so it's very her. It does feel very me. Yeah, it does. It does. It really does. And um, also it's very exciting because it's now... You know, it's a, it's a. I mean, we've been doing this po- this podcast. We've been doing long enough where we can now say the second book that you've released while we've been doing the podcast I know. is a, is going Isn't to be available. Wild? Yes, if you want to hear uh, Dory, also read it. Does that that's the other exciting news? Yes, Dory's so used to talking to a microphone now that she probably said to her editor, "You know, I could just do this." No, I think what it is is that they usually have people read their own memoirs i see okay whereas they don't usually have people read fiction their own fiction Mm. i got i so it's not so much like oh this is your second book or like oh you have a podcast it's more like you wrote a memoir you're gonna read it yeah are you ready yeah i I think i am i mean i'm so can you give me like although you know what i was thinking about yeah that's gonna be a little weird actually yeah is i'm used to kind of going a little off the cuff and like editorializing like when i'm like reading an email or something like i might stop and be like oh well blah 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 like yeah you know what i mean but when i'm reading my audiobook i have to just stick to the text you can pull a you can do footnotes mm. you can footnote the shit out of your book pull a klosterman Sorry, yeah, Klosterman. Doesn't it have to be in the text? Like, I can't go it off It does book. also, but uh-huh. Sheffield has done this too. Note for the listener. Oh, interesting. Interesting, interesting. Um, so, I mean, I'd talk to whoever's producing your audiobook and be like, is that a thing I can do? Yeah. Otherwise, I would say to you, you're, when you're doing an email on the podcast, you're not, um, edit- you're not editorializing something that you've right, written. Right, 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 right. That is a difference. You would think your thoughts got out on the page. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I just want to hear like when you when you um, quote someone mm-hmm. in it, your impressions of people. That's going to be very funny. I don't think I'll be doing impressions of people. I feel like you got to do a little bit. You got to like change it. You got to change your voice a little. All right. Well, for you, I will talk in a very low register. Okay. Okay. What about for Avishai? Uh... I think you should. Honestly, <laughs> I think you should do the accent. <laughs> Um, so this is all to say, Also, I just, and I don't know if it's mentioned in the book, but I would love to know if Avishai's famous one pair of sandals story is in the book. Um, I can't, I can't, I can neither (laughs) confirm nor deny that story. One pair for the year. Yep. If you lose, if he lost his shoe, that was it. That was it. No more. Uh, um, this is all to say that my book is available for pre-order. And look, you all you all longtime eggheads know that we really hammered this pre-order stuff last time. But you know what? Yeah. You all came through. That's so true. Like my publishers were like, you got a lot of pre-orders. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I feel like we can beat my former pre-order orders. I agree. And not just because... Uh, I'm being a supportive husband, but because I I love math and I feel like you have more listenership now. I think I have more listenership now. I also, I'll be curious to see like if people are more interested in a memoir versus fiction. Um, You know, I also just think like, hey, if you've been listening to the show for a while and I'll tell you what, it's it's like a, it's like a nice, nice show of support. Casual reader, Matt Myra. Loves a memoir. Well, there you go. I love a book of essays. Oh, well, there you go. Well, it's not a book of essays uh, anymore. It's well, more of a memoir. I love that your editors talked to you and you guys shaped it into something. Thank you. That you're ultimately ready to write. Thank you. Already mostly written. Um. So, oh, and you can also pre-order the audiobook. 
Which will be read by Dory Shafrir. Which Shafrier, will be read by Dory Shafrir, the lady. So it'll be like listening to a really long podcast of mine. Dory Shafrir, the lady. Not Dory Shafrir, the dog, or Dory Shafrir, the baby. Or Dory Shafrir, the man. That that would That's still Henry. I know, but we did call him Dory Shafrir, the man, not Dory Shafrir, the baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. So I'm just saying. So I've tell me I've put all the I've put links to various places that you can pre order on my link tree, which is I've never heard of a link tree. Tell me about okay, it. Okay, link tree is a it's basically what people use on Instagram as like link in bio, but it just shoots you to a place where so they can everyone on Instagram has an Abraham Lincoln bio? No. You know when people say like link in bio Oh, you know what I always thought when I would read that? I'd be like, that, why you, you got to change your links so much? Why would you just put a link in there? Well, right. So that's where Linktree is handy because it you can keep like static links on there and add things to it all the time. I see. Um, and since Instagram only lets you put one link in, this is just sort of like a central One place. Abraham Lincoln. One Abraham Lincoln. So it's on my Instagram bio. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's linktree slash dory shafrir and that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e oh mm-hmm. i see they were like oh what other domains can yeah exactly have? i think you should uh put your link tree like in in a nice bit of sunlight but not too much sun because you have a habit of killing trees no i don't yes you do <laughs> i have a habit i have a habit of killing herbs <laughs> That's the only things I killed. I, I would say that the tree, that our house tree, what what is that? Our house tree is not doing a ficus. Yeah, it's it's like it's not it's doing like well. Where what is happening? Yeah, to I me. think it was traumatized, and it used to love where it was. Yeah, but you know what I realized is that it's on the complete opposite side. Yeah, for so maybe sun. it doesn't like as much. Sun. It would need to be, I think, actually in henry's room or something do you know what i mean to get the exact amount of sun it was getting at the old place right yeah there's no other place that faces it's either the playroom henry's room or our bathroom yeah so maybe our bathroom maybe instead of the toilet we'll use the toilet (laughs) that's such a good idea pretty good at ideas um oh and the other thing that you can do i know look we're in a pandemic money is tight for a lot of people you can request my book from your library oh you were a big proponent of this i love this yeah and i talked about this on instagram a little bit um the other day and people started messaging me like screenshots of their library requests yeah and people from like all over the country were and people in canada were requesting it that's great it was very 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 cool it made me feel really good so uh and you know even if you pre-order you can still request it from the library uh, look, two birds, one stone. Exactly. You know, exactly. Just get in that link tree. Just and a librarian actually messaged me and said, "We love it when people request books because then we know that if we buy them, they'll be checked out." Right. What, do you think they're really like? Oh, I don't know if anyone's going to take this book out. <laughs> yeah, like if a if a book that's getting published has gotten zero hold requests. Yeah then they might be like, we have no idea what the demand for this book is going to be. We'll just order two copies. And then if it turns out to be like a huge bestseller, then they have to get more copies. But sometimes they might get two copies and like no one cares, you know? Right, but luckily they've only spent money on two copies. Right. But hopefully they'll buy like a gajillion copies of mine. Uh, We all hope, honey. Oh, Uh, and and we should tell them the title. We never did that. No. No. The title of Dory's book is... It's Thanks for Waiting, The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer. The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer. I think, really, uh, look out libraries. We probably just moved a whole bunch of copies. At least, like, four. By delaying the name of the book for so long. (laughs) All right, everyone. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out, uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item that's right every time you buy their socks tees or underwear you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness to date bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting i mean bombas can make returns easy as well i don't know why you'd return anything because what but they do have a 100 percent happiness guarantee so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like, you know, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Okay, I'm starting over. We're back. I had to start over. Because I was talking too much about Postmates. All right. Um, Secret story. We ordered food before we started recording. I know. It's like I Mac, ordered Mac on, a salad. Mac gets on Wellbutrin and like the world changes. All of a sudden, it's a salad. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're ordering food before we start recording. Wow. Well, you know, I did fall asleep on the couch at like 5.20, even while Henry was occasionally exuberantly yelling about whatever he was trying to eat yeah he had some chicken he had a, had a nap mushroom ravioli and, a, and some broccoli he ate everything there you go he ate my 900 hour chicken yep oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh just want to remind everyone that you can email us at dorianmatt at gmail.com or mattanddorygmail.com they go to the same place and our phone number is 413-461-BABY All excellent right. Let's kick things off. We're still getting... What's new? Well, we're still getting emails about thyroid stuff. I think that that's handy for people who... Not people, but like... For, thyroid is like one of life's great mysteries. To totally. Me. So I, I agree. I, I'm, all, I'm on board for any more information. Okay. Hi, Dorian Matt. Hope you guys are doing well. I haven't experienced IVF, but I found you guys through Nerdist. And feel I have a much better understanding of what some of my friends and family have been, are going through after following your journey. That sounds like a long time first time. Yeah. I've been listening for a while now and I finally decided to write in. 
I just had my first child, a daughter, in late April after 11 years of marriage. My husband and I had always planned to have kids after we were financially and emotionally ready, and last year we decided it was time. I still can't believe that after all those years of carefully planning everything, boom, pandemic. Yes, it's a good lesson for parenting. About six years ago, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, which causes me to be chronically hypothyroid. Side note, we discovered this condition accidentally after an MRI I was having on my spinal cord of my neck showed benign nodules on my thyroid. Mm. Extra side note, I was having an MRI because I have a spinal cord injury resulting in nerve damage from a car accident when I was 16. Wow. I was paralyzed for a month as a result of the spinal cord injury, but I'm now able to walk and I'm relatively healthy, all things considered. I was worried this might make pregnancy more difficult, but luckily it seemed to go pretty well. I mean, so many wows. Yeah. My doctor and I have been able to easily manage this over the years with all my thyroid hormones in normal range, except my thyroid parasides antibodies, which are astronomical. But postpartum, my thyroid has gone nuts. I'm now hyperthyroid. I'm now going to an endocrinologist to get it figured out. I totally empathize with your listener who wrote in about her concern over her thyroid hormones and definitely recommend she go see an endocrinologist. My question for other listeners is, does anyone else have Hashimoto's and have their thyroid go hyperthyroid after always being hypothyroid? How do they treat their hyperthyroidism? Thank you so much for your podcast. I love listening with Henry being one year older than my daughter. I have lots to learn from your parenting experiences. Hugs to to Henry and Bo from Kelsey in about a thousand square foot house with a 500 square foot finished basement. One husband, one baby, and one cat in Oregon City, Oregon. Uh, you know, the thyroid signal. We're just, I'm leaving it on. Okay. You know, all I'm just right. going to flip the switch. You're going to flip the switch, putting it back on. And just let it go. Okay. All right. That's, I mean, that seems fair. This could be Matt and Dory's thyroid adventure by the time you guys <laughs> get a hold of us. Well, I had to take Synthroid during my pregnancy because my thyroid was, my thyroid, my levels were like slightly elevated. What, uh, Synthroid is a synthetic thyroid. Great name, by the way, if that's what it is. I mean, I assume. But do you, do you remember there was a whole thing with Synthroid because you couldn't take it like within four hours of taking your prenatal? Oh, and I was like, yeah, for a while, like I was like waking, waking up, up in the middle of the night. Two in the morning yeah. to take this thing. Yeah. It, yeah. it all seemed very bizarre. Yeah. I was like, well, why would they ever build it like that? That seems strange. And then I just started taking my uh, prenatal at night. <laughs> Shocking <laughs> turn of events. Um, Kelsey, thank you for your email. And we are looking forward to hearing from other listeners who may have experienced this. All right, this next email is from Ariana. Hi, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. I'm writing in response to two emailers, the one who is worried about CF and couldn't get enough embryos and the person who responded to her and asked about other IVF babies with health issues. For the first person, have you asked your doctor if you need full blasts in order to get enough material to test? I have Kalman's. Kalman's? Almonds. And the doctors needed eight samples to test. My egg quality was apparently shit, but I got three five-day blasts and five eggs that had fertilized but didn't grow. And from that, they were able to use all eight samples to figure out which of the three blasts potentially had almonds. You'd think that with PGD and PGS testing, we'd have been all set, but no, it turns out my science baby doesn't like eating. After an eight-day hospital stay at the beginning of 2019, my little girl got an NG tube. And then in April, she had surgery for a G tube. She also she also had another surgery between those two, because why not? Ugh. I feel you so hard on this is supposed to be the normal hard part, not a hellscape of hospitals after IVF. I have to close the door. <laughs> Guys, I got to close the door. <laughs> well, I don't want Bo to, you know. <clears throat> I feel you so hard on this is supposed to be the normal hard part, not a hellscape of hospitals after IVF. Much love to all of you. Ariana Perry, probably the only person who prefers 2020 to 2019. 1,600 square feet, one husband, one science baby, and one dog in Quincy, Mass. Uh, Ariana Perry, long time. Yeah, long time. Uh, that is, that, that's some good advice. I hope our listener can ask her doctor about that. And I'm glad that your daughter is doing better or I hope she's doing better. I should say. Uh, What? If you need a full blast in order to get enough material to test. 
Meaning like you could have less than a full blast? Well, she she got eggs. There were like they tested three blasts and five eggs that had fertilized but didn't grow. Oh, that's interesting. So both sets of genetic material were there. Correct. Mm, science. I mean, yeah. They really do figure things out. <laughs> Except when they don't. <laughs> um, all right. Okay, this is an interesting conundrum, and I'm curious if you, Matt, Mm -hmm. have thoughts. This is from Anonymous. Hi, Matt and Dory. Thank you so much for continuing the podcast. I've been listening since the beginning and have written in a few times, so here's my quandary. My husband and I are doing our first round of IVF. I went in for my egg retrieval yesterday, and while that was happening, my husband went in for his sample collection. We had a pretty hectic day as my stepson had a dentist appointment, homework for school, and we had a fridge being delivered in addition to everything else. The plan... Excuse me. The plan was to do a fresh transfer. So immediately fertilize and then do the transfer next week. I got out of the retrieval surgery and saw a bunch of missed calls and texts. Turns out they tried to deliver our fridge early while we were out. They were supposed to deliver it later in the day and also was supposed to come a week earlier, but got backed up for some reason. In addition, I had texts from my husband that he wasn't able to produce a sample. I immediately started stressing out. When he picked me up, he said he couldn't do it. He swears he wants a kid and wasn't purposely sabotaging it but it wouldn't happen. He even took Viagra. They sent him home with a cup and he still couldn't do it. They didn't want the eggs to just sit, so they went ahead and froze them. Did he have it, Viagra, or did they go, here, try this? Unclear. This is a question I need I have. I need answered. Okay. The plan now is to unfreeze them, have him provide his sample at that time, and then transfer a few days later. I'm really thrown for a loop by all of this. We only got seven mature eggs, and I don't know if there's a possibility of de- degradation due to freezing. What if he can't produce the next time? Should I have donor sperm on standby? Has anyone else's partner had this issue? What did they do? I know the jerk-off room sucks, but I can't help but be pissed. I had to do weeks of injection and surgery. All he had to do was jerk off. Well, that's my situation. Would be interested in anyone's advice. Thank you so much for all you do. I hope Matt's first week back at work isn't too stressful. Thank you, Anonymous. Uh, Look, I'm going to just go ahead and take a little bit of umbrage with that last sentence. Before the, thank you for hoping that my work wasn't too stressful. <laughs> um, the all he had to do was jerk yeah. off. Yeah. I, 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 hopefully he didn't, I, I mean, was he attending appointments with you? Was he supportive in any way during this entire thing? There's a decent chance that he's also stressed out about this. I mean, one of the reasons probably the fact that he can't um, produce a sample would probably be due to stress. It sounds like the day that this was happening was a circus. Yeah, a real circus. I don't know how much you needed that fridge (laughs) on that day. I get that it was supposed to come a week earlier. Um, I mean, I have never had that problem myself. I've also never taken Viagra. Um, So I'm not like I can't like speak to the exact scenario but I will also say that it you know it's so it's it seems like it was stressful for everybody involved that that day probably even for the fridge delivery guys yeah they kept calling <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I I would say that it's, I mean, there's a lot, you're jumping to a, a lot of, I, okay, first of all, let me sympathize with you. I understand what that feels like to have, be doing a bunch of the legwork for something and the other person not necessarily. You feel like they're not doing their part. Yeah. Feeling like someone is not doing their part. Um... And, you know, I know we know the stress of IVF. It's endlessly stressful. Uh, that being said, you're jumping to a few conclusions. Meaning you're already down the path of donor sperm on standby, <laughs> etc. Now, there's options for collection at home. There are options. F- I mean, look, there's... Oh, let's ease the egg freezing situation first 
Um, your eggs are probably fine. Frozen. There. So, uh, that being said, now on to the husband's problem. Uh, there are ways around that, i.e. trying it at home. Trying on a day when a fridge isn't coming. And hopefully he's coming. And <laughs> that was bad. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, and also, like, so go down the road. So if he's having a problem with, uh, with, um, ejaculating? No. What is the word? What is the word for, like, uh, my brain can't even pull it? I don't know what you're referring to if it's not ejaculating. Uh, it's not incontinent. Impotent. Impotent. There it is. Because I'm like thinking of the. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the joke. The friend's joke was they asked Joey what he would do if he was omnipotent. And he said he'd kill himself. Oh. <laughs> and then they go, no, Joey, omnipotent. <laughs> and then Joey goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh where was I? You're saying if he's not impotent. Yeah, then you're likely going to be fine. No problem. If he is, but he's still producing sperm, there are other ways to get sperm out. Yep. That feels like a very long-winded answer. Um, I had a lot of thoughts there. You and, did. I mean, the other thing I would say is like now some of the time pressure is off, right? Because like, the fridge is in. The fridge is in. The eggs are frozen. So like if he does it tomorrow or if he does it next Friday, like it's kind of the same thing. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe you can really figure out a day that's going to be very low stress for him. Yeah. And, you know, kind of make sure that that, that happens. Um, I mean, just speaking from our experience, I think Matt prefer doing it at home i w- i mean unless it was like absolutely prohibitive i would never do it there again there you go so because it's horribly uncomfortable yeah um but you know i'd be curious to hear from other if other people have ever had this issue and how they dealt with it and what happened so the uh no ejaculation signal has gone out the omnipotent single 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 yes has gone out all right um that one i've turned on and will turn off after the show is over the thyroid one will stay up okay good to know yeah all right this is from christina uh hi dorian matt first i want to say i will not ask you about whether you considered adoption little laugh cry emoji my husband and i can't believe how many people asked you about this we are definitely late to the game a friend just recommended excellent adventure and we are only on episode seven and can't wait to spend (laughs) the next several months burning through your podcast welcome our story i'm a 38 nearly 39 year old obgyn who spends most of my days either talking about menstrual irregularities women's desire for pregnancy or delivering babies so taking on our infertility and being on the other end is incredibly humbling and weird Hmm. note i do so much more but right now it feels like all i'm helping with is infertility or women who accidentally got pregnant insert eye roll (laughs) why we love you listening to your podcast as we are undergoing our evaluation and making our pros cons list of whether or not to take on ivf possibly iui but we were quoted a seven to ten percent success rate has really helped everything you have talked about is spot on with what we have been feeling thus far I also love hearing your encounters from the patient side, a great perspective for any provider to have. Yes. Why do we ask patients to completely undress when only managing from the hips down? (laughs) Yes. Why would a lab think everyone wants to know the gender WTF (laughs) and a reminder to self always, always be careful with our wording and have a steady hand. Thank you for making this podcast and sharing your story. It's so important to bring light and create a candid space for women's health issues that are traditionally taboo. It's still weird to me that it's, you know, that people don't talk about it. Well, it's funny 
that she's, you know, she's only on episode seven. And so she's like mentioning things that we talked about really early on that I had like, I got to be completely honest with you. All that stuff could have happened three months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of that stuff is Is like like evergreen. Never goes away. Yeah, totally. Totally. Fascinating. Yeah. I do love when we hear from doctors and nurses. I, I, I agree entirely. Um, so thank you, Christina. And we wish you luck. I can't wait for you to one day book DKB on Forever 35. I wonder how she would be as a guest. I do too. <laughs> That's why I think you should book her. <laughs> She's very busy. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take another short break and we will BRB. Okay. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody. We have returned. Dory thought we would go get our Postmate food delivery. And <laughs> I said, let's just finish the podcast. Oh, well, Butrin. All right. This is from Anonymous. Um, they have written in so many times today. I know. I have an answer to a question from a few weeks back and a question of my own. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry this got so long. First, a quick recommendation for Matt. I work at a college and they purchased these face masks that look like beekeeper hats for employees working on site. They are sold by rapidresponsepppe.com and it is really expensive to buy just one, but it may be worth seeing if they would bulk order for anyone on set who wants to use them instead of masks. Well, that's interesting. They look sillier, but they shield your eyes, allow people to see your face, which is important for accessibility and instruction. And most important for me, they make it impossible to touch your face. But you have to wear N95s, right? We have to wear N95s. Or KN95s. That is the the, uh, standard by which our our policy is over over on our show. Yeah. So that being said, though, I did, uh, I hope, the the rest of this is not about PPE, right? It is not. Okay. So I'll just start talking about it now. Uh, I did. Uh, and actually, of, that link that she sent me does not work. Well, it's okay. Hmm. They probably are like, we're t- getting too many orders. <laughs> um, I ha- So I, I wear K95. Uh, I ordered N95s for myself. The pr- production provides versions of these things. Right. Some of them aren't the most comfortable. The face shield that I was wearing when I would go, because when I go and I'm going to be within six feet of the actors, it's. PP face shield the whole nine. It's face shield mask. Don't touch. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking of all the people who try, have like tried to like fist bump or hug me. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, you know, people haven't seen me forever. Right. Tim Meadows like- was guest starring. He wanted to fist bump. I was like, Tim, no, no, no. <laughs> Elbows, long sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Troy wanted to hug. You know, it's like, that was like the first scene, first day. And everyone's like, no. Oh, my God. But anyway, that being said, I so I had the face shield, the stupid face shield that uh, is probably like the first result on Amazon, Mm -hmm. uh, which is essentially, you know, the plastic with the the foam. And it would fog up. Like, I can't wear my glasses on set because they will just fog to no end. Um, but I did, I found, I dug deep, deep into the listings. Okay, okay. And I found a a mask, a face shield that clips on to a baseball cap. I mean, the innovations that they've come I up with. I am only wearing a bit I well I was pitching an innovation and I'll just say it out here and if you become a multimillionaire just thank me in the credits um I think there should be a velcro mask like a double layer sort of thing you know so the fabric stays over here mm-hmm. but just that velcros mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. for like a straw mm. 
But really, I was inventing it for a clove cigarette. <laughs> Which is now moot. Which is now moot, thanks to Gavin Newsom signing into you law. Could do, you could do Ben Affleck's Overnight. Uh, mask cigarette I've done every variation style. of Ben Affleck. I've seen it. Don't worry about it. I mean, I think I perfected it before Ben. It's so dumb. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, that's my discussion about face masks. Thank so you. So I'm hoping this baseball helmet one. Helmet? It's not a baseball helmet. What baseball am I talking cap. about? Baseball cap. This one that clips onto the brim of the cap and goes around, you know? Yeah. Uh, is going to be... The one. Far enough away to not fog. Okay. And uh, I mean, I showed I showed Nicole, our, our, one of our ADs, and she was like, I bought one that was attached to a baseball hat that you can't take off, and it's so stupid that I haven't used it. She's <laughs> like, you got to send me that. I'll look for it. And then like, she couldn't find it, and then she texted me today. Like, give me the link. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Moving on. Next, to the woman who was adopted and is meeting her birth mother and wondering how to talk about her abusive upbringing. My wife was adopted and experienced abuse by her adopted family. She is not interested in finding her birth mother, so she's not in the same position, but she gave these thoughts. Like with any relationship, she probably wouldn't feel comfortable sharing intimate details about her life until she knew the other person well. So she would not bring up the abuse at first and would let the relationship grow to the point where she trusted her birth mother enough to share something private and painful. She would not lie if asked directly, but she would use words like difficult or challenging and be honest that it's not something she likes to talk about. Also, we are currently engaged in the adoption process ourselves, and something I've learned from our training is that any feelings of guilt her birth mother might have are normal and inevitable. Our facilitator says that adoption almost always involves painful emotions on all three sides, birth parents, child, adoptive parents, and the feelings need to be worked through, sometimes with the help of a therapist. Finally, my question. There have been lots of comments regarding microwaving plastics, and I have stopped doing it. But what about the dishwasher? Do folks feel safe dishwashing plastic, assuming it says dishwasher safe on it? If the answer is yes for new plastic, would you feel the same for old plastic? Like the place from my 80s childhood that my parents currently use for my daughter. Anonymous in northern Colorado and 1,600 square feet, two mamas, one 21-month-old science baby, and a 15-year-old cat. I hope she's talking about the... the um multicolored Tupperware branded plates mm. that were square. Do you remember those? No. I do. Oh, we had plenty of them. Hmm. Um, we microwaved the shit out of we, them. We put some plastic in the dishwasher. Like I put a, I put a spatula. I put spatulas in the, on the top uh, rack of the dishwasher. I put, um, we have, we have glass and Pyrex, uh, tupperware i guess but the lids are plastic and i do put the lids in the dishwasher dory puts a lot of stuff in the dishwasher i've never put anything in the dishwasher yep matt hates the dishwasher i do that doesn't mean i don't do dishes everyone Mm -hmm. that just means i can do this much faster than the dishwasher um i'm like take that dishwasher so, yeah, so I guess we put some plastic in the dishwasher, but never on the bottom rack. And I never put Henry's, Henry has some plastic dishes, like some cups and a, few, a couple bowls. And I never put those in the dishwasher. And no matter how hard he tries, we never put Henry in the dishwasher. Yeah, exactly. He does try to, he does, he does, try. He does open it. He and opens he it and then he crawls climb in. his little tushy up onto the dishwasher door. He does this very quickly, like before we it's can stop like him. It's like ridiculous. And I don't understand how he opens the dishwasher. That's the thing. If it's not locked, he can pull it down. It's crazy. Like, I turned my head and I looked and he was pulling a knife out of the dishwasher. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. He's a little mischievous. He's very mischievous. All right. Moving on. Yes. Dear Matt and Dory, hello, this is Hillary and Peter from Seattle. Hi, guys. If you remember, Peter was the one that Dory inspired to advocate for additional fertility treatment coverage. As you know, the email campaign worked. We were a little behind on the podcast, so we just heard the listener ask about a template for an email to send to her employer. Oh, yes. Peter dug through his email and found the one that he had sent. We have included the emails below and would be happy to have them be used by anyone who'd like to advocate for fertility treatment. Names, emails, etc. have been removed. We included the two emails Peter used. The first is to ask coworkers to help advocate. And the second email is to copy and send to HR and or union representatives. We hope the emails continue to be used to help others. We should, put a, we should Google Doc it and then yeah. put it in our link tree. 
Great. That's a good idea. Um, I should like write that down so I don't forget because that is something I will forget. Google Doc. Oh, my space bar doesn't work. Google Doc. Google Doc. The uh, email template templates. For? For fertility coverage. Fertility coverage. coverage. Brought to us by Seattle. <laughs> by Peter in Seattle. Okay. Um, we want to thank you for getting Peter in touch with the other Seattle listener a few months ago. From that meeting, we learned that the benefits were very specific in what treatments were covered. So Peter reached out again to his union representative to continue to advocate. This led to a meeting with a city of Seattle council member to talk about increasing infertility benefits. It was a positive conversation that has unfortunately been put on the back burner due to COVID. Mm. So many of the recent calls and emails are about second babies, being old parents and new parent worries. And we continue to feel grateful for this community. We send our best to you to Henry and Bo best Hillary, Peter and Connor in 850 square feet in suburban Seattle, the three of us and no pets. So should I read oh. these emails or should I just put, no, them? I think you should put just, them, I'll just put them up in, and link yeah. it, link, okay. link to it. Great. I will do that. Okay. Um, moving. It's exciting to have like a real resource. Yes, it is. It's very exciting. Um, okay. This is from Ashley. Pumping question for Dory. I'm looking into an LV or Willow pump. As it appears, I'll be exclusively pumping for the moment. He can latch once I receive proper guidance. Once I received proper guidance from a lactation consultant, but immediately falls asleep. And thanks to a shitty <laughs> lactation consultant in the hospital, we got off to a bad start. My sentiments, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Your lactation consultant was not good? My sentiments fall in line <laughs> with Matt on lactation consultants. I was curious to know which bras worked best for you when using your LV. Also, how long was the learning curve? I'm actually leaning towards the willow because of the higher suction and the flexibility of the disposable and reusable containers, but would welcome hearing again what you liked and disliked about the LV. Also, please remind me, did you pump and supplement? I seem to recall that you also nursed. Trying to find my way with this whole breastfeeding thing for number two is harder than I anticipated. I was hoping for an earth mother bre breastfeeding experience after the disaster that was with my first to no avail. You know, like those images of a mom sitting in a field, flowers adorning her head with a baby nursing peacefully. Yeah, right. Is that actually a real thing? Would love to hear your thoughts and reflections as I navigate all this stuff with raging postpartum hormones clouding my judgment. Yeah, the first depiction of breastfeeding on television was uh, on a Sesame Street. Oh. Big Bird's like, what's going on? And then the mom explained. Fun fact. How'd you know that? It was on Reddit like a couple days ago. Oh, cool. Wishing you the best as you jump on the IVF train again. Thanks for all you've done and shared over the years, Ashley. Um, I I loved the LV. It was not perfect. There were some times that like it just, the suction just didn't work. And I would have to like readjust it like three or four times each time seemingly doing the exact same thing. And then it would just sort of, catch um that happened i would say probably 25 percent of the time so not an insignificant number of times um i found the convenience of it to be just unbelievable it was it was so much better than than sitting there with a spectra um or you know another another pump if i remember correctly it was a game changer it was a game changer i mean i was i was almost about to stop nursing and pumping and then i got the lv and i got i did another four months i think mm. of pumping um yes i did supplement and i did nurse i was never producing enough that henry could only do nursing and pumping it was interesting though when we when we went away to boston in september like last september i was nursing him a lot more and my production did go up. I think like you start producing more from nursing, not necessarily like you do produce more from pumping, but your breasts like to be nursed more than they like to be pumped. And then when I got that back, is, uh, it feels like it was so much longer ago than a year. I know. It feels like it was in three years ago. And then when I got back, I got mastitis because I wasn't yeah, nursing as much. Anyway, that's a sidebar. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with, I, I never tried the Willow. I think when I got the LV, the Willow had not yet come out with their reusable containers. They were only doing disposable and that felt like very wasteful to me. And I liked that the LV had reusable containers. So that was like my 
big reason for not getting the willow but um uh also to answer the other question dory nursed pumped and supplemented yeah i just said that you did yeah Guys, right in. Did Dory say that? <laughs> I, I did. don't even think she did. I did. I'd listen back, but I won't. <laughs> um, there is a really helpful Facebook group called Elvo and Willie Pump Group. If you're not a member yet, I would join. Basically, every post is like, should I get the Willow or should I get the LV? And like people responding. Every post. Is <laughs> I mean, that. it's basically. Should I get a Les Paul or a Stratocaster? I mean, you know. All right. I'm thinking about Stratoratelli. What do you think? Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, look, there's some iconic sounds you get out of both, but honestly, I feel like Telly's a little bit more versatile. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah, Leo Fender's first design might have been the best design. <gasps> All right. Let's hear a voicemail. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Elizabeth. I wanted to call and respond to the listener who had written in about trying to decide whether or not to have a second child. And uh, I just want to say I have um, really unusual child spacing. I don't know many people who have done it the way that my husband and I have chosen to have our children, but they are all six years apart. We have three daughters, 12, 6, and um, a one-year-old. And... Um, I will say that if we had thought about having a second child when our babies were five months, uh, there was no way in hell that I would have done it or he would have agreed to that. Um, But something really does change when your kids hit about three years old and life suddenly becomes more manageable and you have more free time back as a couple and as individuals. Um, And it makes the idea of having another child more palatable and also more realistic because you'll already know what you're getting in for for sleepless nights and potential tantrums because you've been there and you've done that and you have a little bit different perspective than somebody who jumps into having a second baby um, really soon after they've had their first. And there's certainly benefits to having kids really close together. Obviously, one of them is uh, getting to reuse all of your baby stuff without having to store it. Um, relationships can sometimes be closer between siblings if they're closer in, in age together. But I will say um, we have basically given away or sold all of our baby stuff and repurchased it every six years because <laughs> I didn't want to store it. We weren't sure that we wanted to have more children. And then when the time rolled around and we felt like we were ready, you know, it, it made sense for us to to rebuy and what we wanted or borrow from friends. Um, so I just wanted to encourage the listener that sometimes these decisions feel super pressing, like we have to make them right away and we have to come to a decision because, especially in the world of fertility, they sometimes just sort of hang out there waiting. And not all decisions have to be made right away. And sometimes putting something on the back burner or tabling it, you get more clarity in the long run, not just a few months, but sometimes even a few years later. Um, so barring like a permanent sterilization, I would say just wait and see how you feel because things do change. And you may, this listener may end up three years from now being like, yeah, I'm done one and done. And may also decide that they're thinking they want another child even more than they did before. And I know sometimes this listener doesn't say anything about whether fertility issues are in it. Um, a concern and that can sometimes impact people's decisions and that's something that's you know somebody has to factor in but um, I have absolutely loved having giant age patients with all three of my daughters it's worked out really well and I would uh, do it again with a six-year age gap and a heartbeat this is uh, Elizabeth signing off from Phoenix 1700 square feet three daughters a husband a dog and a cat have a great day I gotta say, I wish we were younger, because through the six-year thing, that sounds right about where it should be. You know? Does that make any sense to you? It's interesting to hear her say that, because I feel like I usually hear people talking about how they wish they hadn't waited so long. So it's interesting to hear her. how long was that? Like five or six years. Interesting. Like they wish their so their kids were closer in age. I think this is also coming up in the pandemic because people whose kids are far apart in age aren't playing together. Yeah, and it's like hard to kind of entertain both of them, and mm. they're in different school situations yeah. and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I mean it's interesting. Like as she was talking, I was like, you know, maybe 
if we did have another, like maybe we would just wait another year. Like, I feel like I'm just getting too old, but in the grand scheme of things, like what's another year? Like who cares? You cares. But like, maybe I shouldn't care. Well, I mean, look, you want to put the care signal on, I I will, but. (laughs) Care.com? But I like that perspective and I think that's a nice little spacing. Because you think about it, a 12-year-old is really, in, in, you know, in like two years, watches them both. Mm. And you're like, peace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I think that just about does it. Can you believe it? That. Do you have anything you do you have anything else you'd like to share with us, Dory Shafir, the podcast lady? Um, I do just want to share this quick email from Beth. Mm-hmm. She says, first time I had to pause the pod because Matt said the most relatable thing I've ever heard on the podcast. And yes, that includes also going through IVF. Wow. Okay. And that is, do you ever feel so fat you can't sleep? <laughs> oh, God. Totally. Feeling that right now because my appetite is insane from breastfeeding. Anyway, that's really it. Hope you guys are staying safe and somewhat sane during this time. From Beth, who just moved from 2,300 to 3,200 square feet in the Chicago suburbs with a husband, two-year-old science daughter, and 12-week-old science daughter. P.S. Give extra snuggles to Bo for us. We just had to put down our 10-year-old lab beagle rescue. She was our first kid when we weren't sure we were ever able to... We we weren't sure we were ever going to be able to have kids, and we miss her lots. We will snuggle up to Bo for you. Don't yeah. you worry. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Also, very happy to hear about your 12-week-old. Yeah, congratulations. And also, sorry that you feel so fat you can't sleep. Been there. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. That does it, everybody. That does uh, do you it. You can join our Patreon if you want to hear the full expanded story of my depression. Uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Uh, and you can become a supporter there. Uh, if you donate at the $5 level, you get your name right on the podcast each month. And you will also get a bonus episode. At $10 level, you get two bonus episodes. And... Uh, yeah, we read everything because there were five weekends in yeah, August. I it kind was of like, lost hello. track and we did everyone last so, week. Mazel. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Uh, and uh, look at that. It's still Saturday and we finished it. Wow. Can't believe it. Look at us. Bye. Bye.